Nope, sorry, never gonna happen. Not if this ride takes place. Yo ho, yo ho, a pirate's life for me. We pillage, we plunder, we rifle and loot, drink up, be hearty. Nope, not that one either. Sorry, they just were never going to take place if there was such a ride called Big Thunder Mesa that was going to be built at Walt Disney World's Magic Kingdom Resort. You're at the right place at the right time. You found the number one podcast that entertains the space between your ears. I hope you enjoy the show. If you're like me, you're going to laugh a lot. We invite you to pull up a chair. Relax and get ready to take a trip to the vacation kingdom of the world. So grab your magic bands and your Mickey ears. Here we go. Because it's time for another episode of the Mousecapades Podcast. It means no worries for the rest of your days. And today, Dave is bringing us back. He is stealing the show with the history segment. Dave, welcome back to the show. Yay. Thanks, buddy. I've been waiting to come back for a long time. You know, listeners, that when I was on the show for that stretch, uh, one of my favorite things to do was talk about history. Every week I did This Week in History, and... Um, it's one of the things I'm really passionate about, the rides and just knowing where everything came from. So today, uh, I'm going to share with you some information that I've been researching lately on a ride called Big Thunder Mesa and specifically the Western River Expedition. And I know Vicki and I are very excited. Yes, we are very excited you're back because I don't do history justice that you do. I like to um, try to find things that meet all the needs of Disneyland and Nick and Tim and just I don't know if I hit everything the way you did. So it's hard to follow you. Yeah, well, it's been a long time. And I tell you what, the Mouse Page podcast has come a long way from uh, two input microphones and Skyping. Now we have our own studio here. <laughs> but I still have Nick telling me to keep it down. So uh, <laughs> some things never change. Right, we're still, we're still trying to get, uh, what, what is this called? Condenser foam? Echo? I have no idea what the proper terminology is for this foam. foam. Just foam. But we're, we're trying to buy even more foam to, to, to you know, to cut down on the echo. Hey, man, I would I say... I know your voice carries a lot. The more, foam, has. the more foam, the better. The more foam, the better. Why is that? That's just what they say. Oh, that's just what they say. Okay. Dave, we're very excited that you're here. I am so glad you're going you're, you're gonna to take us back. You're going to take us back. I, I have no idea what you're going to talk about, so the spontaneity is definitely going to be there, listeners. I purposely told Dave, I don't want to know what you're going to talk about. I want to be surprised because I think that just adds a lot of value to the show, and it's just it's very exciting. It's like Christmas Day all over again. All right, man, let's do this. Yeah, let's do it. Dave, take us back. We're traveling backwards in time. Right now, we're leaving the world of today behind. So if your imagination is ready, here we go. All right, folks, so we're going to talk this week about a ride that some of you may know. It's called the Western River Expedition. It's part of a total themed area of Frontierland, which was called Big Thunder Mesa. Okay, so this whole idea actually stemmed from one of the uh, attractions that Nick and I talked back all the way on episode four. We've talked about this one 
which was the uh, Riverfront Square idea from St. Louis. Remember that, Nick? Oh, yeah, the Disneyland that never happened. Yeah, so you got what it. So what are you bringing today? You got it. So one of the things that uh, Walt Disney wanted to do was, was looking to build another park, and so his idea was to bring it to St. Louis. Back in the day, we talked about how there was this park that he was going to build. It was going to be an indoor park called Riverfront Square. One of the major attractions inside of that land was going to be a Lewis and Clark-themed boat ride. Now, I told the listeners in previous episodes... And hopefully I'm right. You're gonna you're gonna like correct me if I'm not. But did that ride eventually turn into Pirates of the Caribbean? Because that's what I told the listeners a few episodes ago. And tell me I was right. Now so, you're ruining his. his yeah. Interview. So what they did was they okay. used the same. Sorry. They used the same propulsion system to get people through the rides. One of the big problems that they had was Disney was designing a lot of their rides as walkthrough rides. The Haunted Mansion was going to be a walkthrough ride. So, and originally Pirates of the Caribbean was going to be a walkthrough ride, and they had a problem with you know bottlenecks and getting the crowd volume through that they wanted to. So, they had to eventually come up with a new idea, and that's where the whole boat park came from. So, from the Riverfront Square idea they got the same ride vehicles for Pirates of the Caribbean. So Pirates of the Caribbean is a big part of what I'm going to talk about today. So Walt put Mark Davis as lead engineer on this new huge idea. Uh, Mark Davis actually pitched this idea to the company, and it was to take and put a, an attraction in Frontierland, which would be what they call a weenie. You know what that is, right? A what? A weenie. A weenie? So a weenie not is a, a, Not to be confused with... Not to be confused with a wiener. No, a weenie <laughs> is a rock, is a an attraction, a physical sight that people can see in the distance could that you, draws you into that land. So, could you imagine a wiener boat ride? You think about that though. Like think about all. You think about in Tomorrowland, it's Space Mountain, and in um, you know Cinderella's Castle is a weenie, which draws you to the hub. So they they were thinking about a huge ride that they could put into Frontierland that would draw people into that area. So um, Mark Davis was put in charge of coming up with this idea, and what he came up with was an idea for a Western-themed place where people could go. Now, we'll talk about the attraction in its entirety, but there were two major attractions that were going into this. One of them was called the Western River Expedition, which is the one we're going to spend most of our time on today. But then the other one was a mine train type of ride. So we're going to talk about both of those today. And so what was going to happen was this was an idea that was being built for Walt Disney World. So it didn't make it to the opening day attractions because it was such a huge scale. This was going to be a four-story building. And one of the big problems they had was how are we going to hide this big show building, this big four-story building back in Frontierland? Well, Mark Davis had the idea of making it into the flat top mountains that they call mesas. So um, he had an answer for pretty much everything they had to say. So he put this ride together, this whole attraction together. There was going to be uh, a lookout on top. So you could actually go to the top of this four-story mesa and look out and see the entire kingdom in front of you. They had walking trails to get up to the top. Once you got up to the top, there, there was an Indian village and there was mule pack rides that went around the top of this building too. So it wasn't just these two attractions. There was a lot of other things to do. They even uh, had a canoe ride in the plans at one time or another. So there was a lot of things to be had. This was a huge undertaking. It was going to be three times the size of what Splash Mountain is right now. All in St. Louis, Missouri. No, this was the idea that came from St. Louis, Missouri. They're building it at Walt Disney World in Frontierland as the park was getting going. Thank you for that. Dude. Yeah, so what happened was, because of the grand scale of the thing, it was they knew it wasn't going to be ready in time for opening day at Walt Disney World. So what happened was um, they scheduled it for what they call phase one 
of their of their Walt Disney World project, which is they had their opening day attractions planned, and then after those after the like newness of Disney World faded out, they had planned more attractions to be built. And this was this attraction was supposed to be one of those attractions for that phase one of the improvement process. So what they were what they were scheduling to do is set this up for 1973 as part of that phase one, um, and. Things happened, Disney World opened up, Magic Kingdom opened up, everybody was so excited for Magic Kingdom to have Disneyland on the East Coast. They came to the parks in droves, it was a huge success, but one of the, the huge complaints that was there for Magic Kingdom in Orlando was that there was no pirate ride. So everybody was excited to, to go to the Disney World and to ride the Pirates of the Caribbean ride that was so popular on the West Coast. And the, the park opened up, and everybody wanted to know where was the pirates. Nowhere to be had. No pirate ride. And everybody was so upset. Now, behind the, the logic of this, the Disney Corporation said, we don't want to build a Pirates of the Caribbean ride in Orlando because that whole area, the Gulf of Mexico, you know, the islands down there, that was too close to, um, to this park. And everybody knew the lore of all the stories of the pirates. And they just thought that that was a little bit too close to home to build a pirate ride where you see, you know, like basically in Pirates of the Caribbean, they are like the heroes of, you know, not, not the heroes, but. Well, you think if you're going to build a pirate ride, that's the place to do it. Yeah. Right. I mean, where else? I mean, you would think almost Anaheim would be the oddball there, but Orlando would be the place you would build. That yeah. And ride. see, their logic was completely opposite. They said people know the, you know, the effects that the pirates had and the negativity of the pirates. So they didn't want to build that ride there because of that aspect of the whole thing. Interesting. Yeah. So what happened was people got so mad, they went into guest relations, they sent emails, they sent, not emails, I guess 1973, they didn't send emails, but they sent letters and they just complained like crazy. And it was a huge, huge problem for the company. And they just knew that they messed up by not building this Pirates ride. So in the end, this ride, it got the ax. I mean, they had to build Pirates. So Disney caved to the pressure of people wanting Pirates. And so... They built this pirate's ride instead. Did, did they not have money for both? No, they didn't. So there was a, there were five problems that kind of led to the destruction, and we'll, we'll talk about more about this later. But one of the things that happened in the early 1970s, I think like 75, was there was an energy crisis. So like gas prices skyrocketed and everything was put on hold. All of their projects were put on hold. So what they did was they had to take Pirates of the Caribbean and kind of put it on a fast track. And Mark Davis was really kind of ticked because he was not happy with the whole entrance queue and into the beginning of the ride. That was something that he really kind of wished he could do a do-over on at, at Disneyland. And they said no. They said, we, are, we don't have time to do new ideas. We're going to take the ride at Disneyland and we're going to do what we can with this and we're going to build the same thing on the East Coast. So that's eventually what he did. Now, real quick. Pirates of the Caribbean and this ride that you were talking about earlier that sounds like it was going to have so much involved with it. Was it going to be in the same location? Yeah. So uh, if you think about where Splash Mountain is right now, correct. this Big Thunder Mesa was going to be three times the size of Splash Mountain. So it was going to go basically all of Splash Mountain and that area in fr and, and behind that where Big Thunder Mountain is currently located. It's pretty much going to take up that whole entire area. Wow. It sounds like it could possibly even have taken over where the Liberty Bell yeah. goes around. It was going to be so big that they were, Island. they were actually thinking about making it a whole different land because it was going to be such a big deal. 
How interesting. And yeah. so they didn't think to later on when they had more money? So it got put on the back burner. So um, the plans were still there. You know, I have I wrote down a quote in my research from Marty Sklar, and he said that good ideas never go away. They are a precious commodity, whether developed right away or not. A good idea is never forgotten, and it may turn up, turn up sometime later for our use. So I thought that was a great quote because we're going to talk about how this ride, it's out there. It's not all in one place. It didn't go away. It's just broken into pieces, and it's all over the place. So the Imagineers, they just take things, and they use it all over the place. So um, when we get to the end, I want to, I want to talk about the ride and about the Western Expedition ride. And uh, when we get to the end, I'll talk about where the different pieces of this ride are at. Um, so one of the things that I thought was kind of interesting about this is that this ride, you know, they, the Imagineers, they throw out tons of ideas about rides. And most of them just get cut because of one reason or another. But this ride had merit. Like it got all the way through the modeling stage. It got all the way through promotion. So there was a character named Hoot Gibson who was the narrator of this Western Expedition, Western River Expedition ride. And Hoot Gibson was an owl, and he was going to kind of talk you through some of the scenes and let you know what was going on on this ride. Well, Hoot Gibson was developed, and he was put right outside of one of the attractions, outside the Walt Disney story from 1973 to 1981. And he was there to kind of talk up all of the different um, aspects of this Western River Expedition ride that was coming up in the Big Thunder Mesa. So you saw, the public saw Hoot Gibson all over, all over the place, kind of promoting what's coming, here's what's coming, here's what's coming, kind of drawing the people back to Disney World, the Magic Kingdom specifically. And so this was not just like a wild idea that never happened. This was an actual thing that was so close to being built. This is nuts, how disheartening. Right, a lot of hours of work. Yeah, but think but. about everyone that was reading up on this stuff, sort of like us in the land of Pandora, reading up and reading up on all of this. What if all of a sudden they said, "Oh, it's not coming"? If right? Pandora wasn't coming. Well, yeah, I know you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you just made my day. Tim just had right. a heart attack. <laughs> no, but it's amazing. Like I've never heard of any other idea making it this far with the Disney company just to be axed. Yeah, it's crazy. Like I don't remember them ever. Publicly climbing out and saying, "Hey, and this is going to happen. This is going to happen. Come, come back. Let's. You can't wait for this. It would be like canceling Pandora or canceling the Star Wars land they're building." See, and th there you go. That's that's a better analogy. Now so, you just killed Nick. No, no, no. But I mean, that's what really blows my mind away: the publicity on this, and to actually get the okay, and they already have the characters set and their backstories, and everyone knows about it. That would be exactly what you just said: Star Wars land and Tour Story land going away today. But it makes oh, sense psych. that they canceled it. You know, if the public wanted Pirates of the Caribbean, it makes sense. I thought part of the reason that they even built in Florida was because so much of the population was on the East Coast. They were never going to go out there to the West. And so why would you not put the rides that, that you don't expect people to go out to ride anyways, not in Florida? So it makes perfect sense that they would yeah. scratch it. Yeah, and people were looking for an identical Disneyland just out East. So, you know, they had like... Peter Pan was there, and they had, uh, oh, what else was there? There were so many different attractions that were out of Disneyland that they they did have at Disney World. People were wondering, why did you build these other ones that are at Disneyland and not build one of your most famous rides, Pirates of the Caribbean? So um, in the end, the manpower that it took to build the Pirates of the Caribbean and the money that it took to build Pirates of the Caribbean was taken from this Western River Expedition and the Big Thunder Mesa uh, project. So, so Dave, sorry to interrupt you. That's no, right. 
So does that not make two Western expansion rides that were cut, one also on the East Coast and the West Coast? Oh, the Rainbow Caverns? Right. Yeah. Well, that was built. That was actually built, but it didn't last long. It did not. Um, because, I mean, if you think about it... Like, but it sounds familiar. Yeah. That so- or it sounds and you're gonna very hear, similar. You're going to hear aspects of that ride in this ride, too. Okay. So, um, just a, a real couple other quick things before we get to the ride and actually go through, like, scene by scene of this ride. It was one of the things that I found in, towards the end of my research, and I don't know a ton about this, but I wanted to bring it up, was that uh, Tony Baxter, who we all know is the creator of Big Thunder Mountain Railroad, the coaster that eventually took the place of Big Thunder Mesa. Um, Tony Baxter was working at one time with Mark Davis under Mark Davis. He was actually, Tony Baxter was brought in by Claude Coates. And I don't know if you guys know, remember who Claude Coates Claude Coates was the guy. Him and, and Mark Davis worked together on Pirates. They worked together on Haunted Mansion. Like any ride from those days that you know of, those two had a hand in it. So um, Claude Coates brought in Tony Baxter and um, gave him a job in the model shop because during the time of this energy crisis we talked about earlier, they were cutting jobs left and right, and Claude Coates didn't want to see uh, Tony Baxter get cut. So he, he got him a job in the model shop, and guess what model he built? Stern River Expedition model. All right. Yeah. So, and the whole Big Thunder Mesa model. So he was part of that. And um, once things got back underway, Card Walker, who was president of Disney at the time, and his crew were walking through um, the, model area, the model shop area looking for what projects now that this energy crisis is kind of over, can we start to take flight with again? What can we start back up? And they approached Tony Baxter in the model shop and they said, this ride looks amazing. This whole thing looks amazing. Let's do this. And, and Tony Baxter shocked him when he said, you know what? I don't like it. So a guy that was in on this project, at the time, Tony Baxter was a 25-year-old kid and Mark Davis was like towards the prime of his career and uh, a legend, you know, a Disney legend. And here's Tony Baxter saying, yeah, I just don't like it to the president of the company. And uh, so they were taken aback and they, they asked, you know, what, why, why don't you like this? And he said, it's just too big a scale. I think that he was working specifically on that mine train ride. And he said, I think that they, we could do this part of the ride a lot better. And so he pumped it up to Card Walker. And the next thing you know, instead of having this West, Western River Expedition ride, they've got this Big Thunder Mountain Railroad ride and that's it. So Davis was upset and like never really let it go. And it kind of forced him into retirement. So Mark Davis retired basically because he didn't get his way with the Western River Expedition. And he was asked, he was asked to to get his opinion of it. And he said, yeah, because the the big ride of this Western, of the uh, Big Thunder Mesa was supposed to be the Western River Expedition. And this, this roller coaster ride was just supposed to be like a secondary attraction in the area. Tony Baxter was like, hey, I think I could make this into a lot more. And so the next thing you know, Western River Expedition, Mark Davis's baby, is like taking a back seat to this ride. So then you got to question the climate of the company. You have a guy here who feels like he's young, Baxter, not saying a single word. I'm sure years passed of creating this ride and the models oh, yeah. and the backstories. Oh, yeah. And then he doesn't say anything at all until the very end until he's asked his opinion. Right, right. Well, wow. he was just an apprentice, and I guess that you know the pecking order is you don't speak up and right. unless, unless you're, you're spoken, spoken to, to, I guess. Wow, you know that, that in itself blows my mind away because I don't think you see that in today. Yeah, at well, all. I think you're you're still in the middle of the book, right? I mean, that's still their culture. <laughs> what What do you mean? The book that we're reading, Disney War. Yeah, okay, Disney so I'm War. still on the same page as last week. I was going to say ahead. he's on page ten from last week. Hey guys, I was out of town. <laughs> I was out of town. No, it's not ten. 
But no, that, that's still their culture there. Is if, you know, like Dave said, you know, there's a certain pecking order, and you don't step out of bounds, or you're out the door. And you yeah. really see that. Um, well, we we can talk about that later. Okay, you really still see that. Though. Yeah, all and right. in the in, in the time, you know, they had just gotten over all of these cuts, and I'm sure that there were plenty of people that were willing to take his spot if he, you know, if he steps out of line too far, then. He's probably got five guys waiting for him to, to jump sure, right out. Sure, of course. You know, so um, so I want to take you guys room by room of this of the Western River Expedition, which is the main what Mark Davis planned as the main ride of Big Thunder Mesa. And um, you're gonna see from me, you're gonna hear from me some things that are pretty familiar, and then if, and then at the end, I'm gonna go over where all of the pieces of this ride actually took off and went to. Okay, so you sent us a video. It's loaded. You have it loaded, Tim? Yeah, I have So, it listeners, you're not actually going to hear the you audio, correct, Dave? You're just going to talk us through it. Yeah. We're so, not even going to play the audio. Hey, Vic, you can huddle up with uh, Tim or myself. Yeah, Whatever. so, you know, in the end, this ride wasn't built. So just, what they have here is they have uh, concept work that was made by Mark Davis, uh, Mary Blair, you know, Mary Blair from the contemporary um, – Mural and Mary Blair from It's a Small World, an artist, had a big hand in this project as well. You might see some of her work in there. And uh, they're all concept art, and then some of it is the actual model phase of the project. So the video that we're watching, you guys can post in in the show notes, is uh, from the D23 Expo in 2011 where the host, Tony Baxter, walks you through the Western River Expedition. So, (laughs) you know, we just talked about that and how, how you know, Mark Davis was pissed and... Tony Baxter really tried to make up with them. And I think that this was kind of a last-ditch effort of, you know, I want to be forgiven for the wrong that I have done. Let me guess. He comes he comes running out on stage and saying, I got the greatest idea ever. Let's yeah. build he this. He sold it as his own idea. <laughs> yeah, no, the uh, the Western River Expedition ride. So go ahead and hit play, and we'll walk you through Let room by room. Now. Ready, go. Okay, we're rolling. So I see a cavern here. Yeah, so you'll walk in. Guests would walk in through the caverns uh, into this big Thunder Mesa ride. And, you know, what ride do you know where you get on the boat and the first thing you go through is a bunch of caves? Come on, you get on the boat, you go through a bunch of caves before you meet? Three Caballeros. No, the Pirates! Pirates of the Caribbean! Yeah, so this is kind of cool. What they were going to do is they were going to take the stalactites and stalagmites and they were going to start to have them look like uh, creatures of the West, like cactuses and bears. See, I was thinking the bayou. I was not thinking no. caves. No. Well, you're back. I, would, I was going to say parts of the Caribbean, but I'm like, no, that's a bayou. Yeah. And so then you're going to go up a waterfall. And where else do you go up a waterfall? You, well, Splash you go, Mountain. There you well, go. you go at, at the very end of the original parts of the Caribbean out in uh, yeah. Anaheim, you go up a waterfall. Yep. So you've, you'll go up a waterfall. And when you get up to the top of the waterfall, you're going into this huge canyon scene at twilight. So you're going to see a prairie, you're going to see buffalo, you're going to see, you know, all of these different things from the West. And then you're going to see a grouping of cactuses and there's going to be a cowboy singing this theme song. Now, one thing that that Disney's known for is their catchy tunes that you see throughout their entire, you know, you hear throughout the entire rise, whether it be Small World, Pirates, Splash Mountain, whatever. So they were going to have this catchy Western theme song that was going to play throughout the whole song. And so as we come across this cowboy singing to his cattle, nonetheless, they end up singing back. And then the, <laughs> and then the cactuses sing back to the cowboys, too. Uh, we got the cowboy sitting around a campfire. 
Uh, and they're all singing a happy tune. So this is the Three Amigos ride. Yeah, it's a, it's a precursor to that. <laughs> it is. And you know that can't, that opening scene at Twilight, you, it kind of reminds me of the Mexico v Pavilion when you go through the Three Caballeros. And I'll say, some people I'll say in Three Amigos. Oh, the Three yeah, Amigos. The Three Amigos. <laughs> yeah. You know, the campfire like scene? Yeah, okay. I got you. I got you. Sorry, dude. No, it's fine. I missed. It's been a long time since I've been on. Um, so anyway, you can go through this whole Western scene, and when you go through that scene... Um, you go into the next scene where there's going to be a stagecoach robbery. So the, the stagecoach robbery scene happens. You got these guys dressed up like a mariachi band, but they're holding up the stagecoach. And you just pass right by, and you, they seem to not notice you until the very end where they drop the clue that we'll be talking to you a little bit later, buddy. That's awesome. And your boat just kind of skirts by this That's opening awesome. scene. Meanwhile, you got the theme song. It's running through your head because you got all these guys <laughs> singing it. I'm you know? looking at the cactus right now, yeah. the cacti, and it is hilarious. Do you see this? Yeah, they're singing. That's <laughs> yeah. funny. Yeah, they are. So How funny. After you get through this stagecoach scene, which, by the way, the stagecoach scene, um, it's not around anymore either. But if you go to Epcot in World of Motion, if you look up that ride, World of Motion from Epcot, there is a stagecoach robbery or train robbery at the time, which was taken directly from this scene of the Western River Expedition. So there's one of the spin-offs right there. You pass right underneath that stagecoach scene, and then uh, the next thing you're going to get to is the town. So the town that we're going to mention in this next scene is called Dry Gulch. And Dry Gulch is just your average old Western town. Uh, we're going to be there at nighttime. You see some concept work here, uh, Mary Blair concept work. And... This town is a pure Western town at night. You know, drunken cowboys, you got the prostitutes, you got the whole nine going on here. So, the um, I like the brothel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you got the barkeep, you got the the old school <laughs> piano player, the drunk on the, on the horse. This is one of the pictures you're going to see here pretty soon is one of my favorites because you got this drunken cowboy holding the bottle. He's on his horse yes, with his six shooters and he's on the roof of the saloon. So in, you're going to see this come up here in a second. On the roof of the saloon, you're going to see the guy on his horse <laughs> shooting his six-shooter. <laughs> uh, and you're, you're just rolling by in this boat. You know, the townsfolk are out. Um, and then towards the end of this scene, you're going to see the mischief of the scene, which is there are the bank robbers robbing the old Western bank. Yeah, there's a guy, there's a little kid playing his little hoop. There's the horse. There's the horse right there. Yeah, I see it. That's funny. So a lot to look at in this scene. And it looks like the horse is singing. Of course he is, man. The theme song. The catchy So theme are these song. the women from the brothel? Yep, you got doing it. Doing a little dance the outside? Can -can dancers. Yeah. Kind of like the golden horseshoe dancers. So Walt wouldn't, doesn't want alcohol sold in those parks, but he's okay with uh Drunken cowboys, drunken pirates, it's all good. Yeah. With, with, <laughs> yeah. with uh Just only the audio animatronics can drink. <laughs> and Walt himself. Yeah, and Walt. And Walt. So, uh, you know, the, the bank robberies coming up here next as we go through through more of our modeling and our on our imaginary ride through that never happened. And, you know, all the all the all the robbers are out. They got the safe out of the bank and they're hiding behind the safe as the the uh, sheriff and his mates are shooting at them. And uh, at one one of the concept ideas was that uh, there was a huge water tanker kind of sitting off to the side, which I thought was kind of weird because in a, in a Western scene, I didn't think you would have something like that, but whatever. Uh, and there was all the bullet holes in the water tank, and there was water kind of spewing all over the Hey, place. it looks like we have a female sheriff. Yeah, the deputy. No, it can't be the sheriff. Okay. She's the deputy. Oh, That's nice. what they said specifically. Okay. Yeah. So the deputy never gets shot, though. 
No, and you know what? What else is kind of cool is that you'll see here in a second. This dude was take, getting a shave, and they yeah, called the action. <laughs> so he's got his six gun out. And then you got, uh, at the end here, you got they show the mortician, which is the guy that builds the... Uh, Coffins? The guy that builds the coffins. He's peeping around the corner, just like looking to see how much he's business he's going to do. He's got a little, grin. Up, he's got a little you know? grin on his face. Yeah, that yeah. mischievous grin. You see him, he's all the way on the left business side right there. Business is good. He's on the left side popping out. He's like, hey, man, how many how many oh. uh, coffins am I going to build? Yeah, I see that. So it looks like a different mortician, though. You have two of them. Two? There was, there was another one with the top hat holding a noose. I didn't know. So I wonder if that's the hang, hang Maybe. Hang yeah. Waiting for him to just just catch the robbers. In case they didn't get killed, he's there to No, hang. okay, so I see the tanker yeah. or water buffalo or something like that. Right. So then you eventually you make it out of the town of Dry Gulch, which, by the way, uh, Disneyland Paris has a Haunted Mansion ride called the Phantom Manor. Yes. And in the Phantom Manor, one of the scenes is the town of Dry Gulch, kind of uh, post-mortem, I guess. And so they, they lifted that directly out of the scene you just saw. So you leave the town of Dry Gulch and you go back into the desert nice. and you're warned about the, the Indians, right? So here's our scene with the Indians. Got a bunch of them at the top of one of the mesas doing a rain dance. And, and it's it, pouring straight on them. Yeah, only on, only on them. And it works so well. It works so well, well that your boat gets flooded. Well, I see it was only a female Native American that was doing the rain dance down below. Wearing a very short skirt. Did you see that? Oh, no, I didn't. I missed yeah. that. So you got the loud pounding of the drums. You got the natives going crazy. And uh, like I said, it kind of gets flooded. And they bring the thunder. And they bring the lightning. And that lightning catches trees on fire. So as you go through the scene, you're, you're going up an another little waterfall here okay, I towards the top. This is heading. And uh, one tree catches fire. And then another tree catches fire. And then another. And next thing you know, there's like trees that are about to fall over on you on fire. And just when you get to the top, you remember the first scene with the bandits that were robbing the stagecoach and they're going to be there waiting for you at the top of the uh, top of this little waterfall and they say we'll save you from these fiery trees but it's going to cost you and then you get away so you go down and at the end you get away from the robbers by dropping down a 45 degree angle waterfall right like we see in splash mountain just like splash mountain Hmm. And to top that off. So instead of the robbers we have buzzards. Yeah. So they kind of swapped them up, got it. And to top it off just like Splash Mountain, you get to the bottom of the hill, you're outside for a little bit, and right. then you go back into the ride building, just like Splash Mountain. And then you're back to safety. You unload your boat, and you live to tell the tale of the Western River Expedition. That was sweet. I like that. Yeah. So this ride was an amazing ride that never happened. So let me go through just the list of things that stopped it from happening. First of all, the public demand for pirates. Second of all, after that spat with Tony Baxter, Mark Davis decided that it was time for him to retire. So in 1976, he retired. After that, after they decided to go with Big Thunder Mountain, and after it was such a success as a roller coaster, Disney decided to turn their attention toward Tomorrowland, and they built Space Mountain. So they didn't have the funding for Big Thunder Mesa because of Space Mountain. So you're checking off the things that may have never been built had they built Big Thunder Mesa. Check off Pirates of the Caribbean on the East Coast. Check off Splash Mountain. Big Thunder Mountain the way it is, and now you can check off Space Mountain. The next thing to stop it from happening, Epcot. All of their manpower and money went towards Epcot. So in the early, you know, late 1970s, they did all of their work with Epcot, and Tony Davis just got, or uh, Mark Davis just got left out. Just got left out, and then his, his idea kind of floated around. Like I said, you saw some of his work in World of Motion. We talked about how they used it in Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, we'll talk a little bit more. I mentioned the energy crisis, and then... This I thought was kind of interesting. We just saw the, the the Indian scene and the rain dance scene. You made a comment about it. Well, 
people were tired of westerns first of all so they thought that the kind of draw of that wild west thing was going away but then people started getting more politically correct and they said we can't have a ride that depicts indians like this really back in the 70s yeah so they did a redo and they reimagined the ride and pulled all the indians out of this wild west ride and to me it just kind of killed it yeah you can't have the wild west without the indians yeah but so they you know and it like this whole ride is nothing but slaps of humor it's like making fun of everybody like the big lengthy cowboys and drunken and the prostitutes and then they got the classic indians in there and they it's like you can make fun of all that other stuff, but you, can't, but you can't make fun of the Indians. So um, they pulled all of the Indians out of the ride and just changed the look of it completely. And it still it still didn't go in the end. So those were all of the different things that I researched uh, why we don't have a Big Thunder Mesa. Super interesting, especially since, um, what was that, Lone Ranger was really still big. Well, they even, had, like, they even had, like, Davy Crockett was coming to an end and Gunsmoke was out, you know, like, even things that weren't Disney projects were kind of out there, and then they just thought that, I guess, the market was saturated or something. I don't know. Well, Dave, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for taking us back. Very interesting. You're always bringing up very interesting topics and things that uh, we just, quite frankly, didn't know. Yeah. Maybe some of our listeners may have known some of this stuff. Maybe not. Uh, but, Wow. I, this was kind of neat. Yeah, you know? I love doing it's, this stuff. Let me tell you, I got one more thing to sh- I got one more thing to surprise you with, Nick. Ready? Okay. Yeah. So, spinoffs for this ride. Uh, first of all, the design ride of the roller coaster that Tony Baxter designed, it was going to be a backwards track roller coaster, which hmm. we see now. Where do we see it now? Everest. Yep. Uh, Big Thunder Mountain obviously was was turned into the ride that was designed originally as that backwards mine train ride. Um, Splash Mountain was was given the go because it was a water ride because Mark Davis wanted it wanted a water ride in that part of the park. Uh, we talked about similarities at the end with it as well. Uh, you see the prairie scene with the buffalo and the cactus and all of that. You see that right now today. You can go into Epcot into Living Off the Land. That's and what that I was going to say. Yep. Yeah. They took they took though that scene directly from this attraction. It looked like that even yeah. in the renderings. Yeah, the stagecoach ride I mentioned is at World of Motion. We talked about Thunder Gulch, the town at um, at Disneyland Paris, um, or Dry Gulch. And then just there are so many different things that the little gags and the little things that they do in this ride that you just see popping up all over the parks. And so this ride, people say this ride didn't didn't come together as one ride, but it's been thrown throughout the parks. And they t- they've taken the technology and the ideas and just have spread them all over Disney, here and abroad. So just a, for a ride that was never built, it's so influential to me. It seems like that uh, we're seeing it all over the place. And I really wish it would have been built because I would have liked to have seen the view from that four-story Mason. Definitely. Dave, thanks yeah. for coming on the show, buddy. I know our listeners appreciate it. I can't wait to see what you bring next. Next month, it's going to be great. Looking we'll tell more jokes next time. This All one right. I just had to get back no, on no, here. No, no, that was... some knowledge, dude. It was good. <laughs> it, it was real good. Listeners, thanks for listening again to another episode of the Mousecapades Podcast. Hey, don't forget to check out our friends at themagicalmouse.com. And, you know, check out uh, mousecapadespodcast.com. Click on the right-hand side. There's a link there for Mousecapades Radio. We're playing the best mix of authentic Walt Disney music and Disneyland, too. So check that out. I think it's about that time, fellas. Peace. And love. Hakuna Matata. Have a magical day, my friends. Hakuna Matata.
You've been listening to the all-new Mousecapades podcast. Brought to you by our friends at themagicalmouse.com. Be our guest. Put our service to the test. If you have questions, comments, or would like to be a guest on the show, please visit our website. At mousecapadespodcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for listening. Hakuna Matata. And have a magical day.